0: Hey everyone, I'm Liz Hunt. I'm Chelsea Poppins. So welcome to the Agency Rocket Show, where we talk about the chaos of owning a creative business.
1: Yeah. In this episode, we're going to talk about entrepreneurship. Um, we're kind of just few things. Myth busting. Busting uh, myths. Busting up some people's dreams of calling themselves <laughs> entrepreneurs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> kind of what, what defines uh, an entrepreneur and a few other things. We're kind of just riffing on this one. So bear with us.
0: Riff, riff. Here we go. First things first, Chelsea, my eye has been twitching nonstop for like four months now. Do you think I should go to the doctor?
1: Am I stressing you out?
0: Well, yes. I noticed today that I have like four new gray, very actually more white hairs. Than I noticed a gray hair
1: too. I'm on- like on me. Oh. Yeah, I can see it through the screen.
0: <laughs> yes, I so, am almost forty now.
1: When your eye twitches and you have eyelash extensions, does it like flap? <laughs>
0: no, but I I do feel like that my twitching is like way more noticeable because it's like. Uh, you know, like I don't know. I feel like you can see it way more. But dude, it's seriously so like every feels like every five minutes it's twitching. I just feel like stopped. you need
1: to you need to find some inner peace.
0: Well here's the thing. I do have inner peace. It's called um Zoloft. And I think it's just that my body is.
1: What I if I prescribed some rebelling. exercise for you? I'm like, go out and work and do would- a, do a triathlon.
0: Wha- oh, why would I do that? That sounds terrible. Why? Both my eyes would twitch. <laughs> and actually my whole body would end up twitching on the ground <laughs> for hours. Because Rigor that sounds- mortis. Yes. <laughs> That's like my worst nightmare. Speaking of you did do a triathlon this weekend.
1: A tri sprint. It's uh, a little a little generous to say that I did an Olympic triathlon, but.
0: I don't. What? What's They, they do it in.
1: They cut it out in like, like pieces. So, tri sprint is usually like 500 meter swim with like a 12 mile bike ride and then like a three mile run. And then they have levels to it as they try to get their race up to like Olympic level. So, like this one was like 750 swim, 15.5 um, meter bike or. 15.5 mile bike ride and then 3.1 mile run.
0: And you did this because you love your boyfriend?
1: His uh, love language is quality time. I thought it would be a good quality time thing. But I just want
0: you to know that my love language is also quality time, but I would never, ever do a try whatever you just said for anyone. But even if Andrew wanted
1: to do something?
0: Oh, heck no. Heck no. I would be like, you're on your own. Actually, he has done it before. And he, he ended the race just like grumpy. And I was like, this is terrible. Why Like, why? Why did we do this?
1: What? We, you say we.
0: Yeah. I mean, like I had to show up and, you know, be all like supportive and stuff. And it was awful. And why so did I'm,
1: we do this? Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> why did we have to come down here in the sun and like you know, watch people. It was so boring too.
1: That's usually how it is. Ryan did a half marathon and he like, he was just like, don't ever let me do that again.
0: Yes, I agree. I concur. You should never do that again. I, I concur. I really, I seriously, I have a thing where it's like, I, I, ge- I genuinely I can appreciate it, but like, I genuinely do not understand. Um, like people who run as like a hobby. I really genuinely don't. I hate it so much. <laughs> it's so awful.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Ryan and I like, were just talking about that. He's like, I've, I've never experienced a runner's high that they speak of. Yes. And, and I was like, me neither. I don't think so. I'm like, I mean, I guess it may be a good meditative practice, but I've never had like,
0: I'm like, wow, I'm really just like on yeah. a
1: high right now while yeah. in pain.
0: Yeah, exactly. I can't meditate when I when my body is hurting so fully. You know, is it just like that your body hurts so much that like you go to a whole new plane of existence? You know,
1: like <laughs> mentally like, <do> you leave your body?
0: Like this whole new I don't know, you go to like a whole new world. And I'll
1: say like, I didn't mind Sunday's tri-sprint, because when you're biking, you're like, oh, I'm just going to get that next person. You're like, you can get a little competitive about it. Yeah, and you're the like, to kicks in. And then you're like, you go by and you're like, good job,
0: kick rocks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or like
1: on the run, most people pass me. So when I do pass someone, it's more, <laughs> it's much more rewarding.
0: Yeah, when you pass somebody else. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Well... Even though I think it was the dumbest thing ever. Good for you for doing it and yeah. spending the good old quality time with your boyfriend.
1: Thank you. It's Even all about I'm... trying things and taking action on things that scare you.
0: Is it? Okay. Getting
1: back to entrepreneurship. Taking
0: oh, yeah. action on your dreams and a yeah, good little transition right there. Oh well, yeah. So <clears throat> we've been running a business, create a business for a few years now. And I feel like there's a few things we've learned along the way that we thought someone who's thinking about starting a business or has been running their business for a little bit of time could use a little bit of wisdom that we have gleaned over the years of running a small creative agency.
1: As the creator of DayCloud Studios, what kind of catapulted you into your own like direction um, and starting a business on your own? Because obviously Starting yeah. a business is a scary a scary thing to do um yeah. it's on, honestly probably easier just to go into a normal corporate job where there's like yeah. you kind of know what's expected of you and then they're secure financially but taking mm-hmm. a leap on your own is a whole other demon
0: for sure over the years it's interesting. my perspective on that risk of running your own company versus being employed by a company um has kind of like shifted because um, when you're employed by someone versus working for multiple clients, with multiple clients, you have to get fired by a lot of people before you're out of a job. Whereas if you work for one person by one corporation, you have to get fired once before you're completely out of a job. So, you know, when we talk about risk, So your main worry was getting fired. <laughs> well, I just mean like you know when it comes to like, like, yeah. like weighing the risk of things. I don't know that entrepreneurship is like that. You but know, like I do how think risky it like, is.
1: from from like my perspective, and then from like people that I know that started things off on their own. like There is a yeah. like a confidence building, um, yeah, and just like being able to be like, I know what I'm doing, um, yeah, and like. You mean running I, a
0: company, running, what I'm, I'm doing running, running a company. company
1: because I know, yeah. like one of my neighbors, she started her own business. And the problem she's having is the confidence yeah. in those spaces to be like, I know what I'm doing. Even, yeah. even if she knows what she's doing, it's yeah. more just having like the credibility of working with some people and, yeah. and like going, doing those things so that she's sure. like, you know, I've done this a million times and yeah. it's a okay. scary space to step into. Yeah.
0: I mean, anything unknown is scary to the human condition. You're absolutely right. Anyone who hasn't done something, they're always scared of it, right? That's normal human response to anything that they don't know how to do. Um, Okay, so I started DayCloud because I had to, because I needed a job and no one would hire me and that. Is it? Did you get fired? <laughs> I sure did. I sure did. <laughs> I sure did. We're really
1: nailing down her trauma behind yep, entrepreneurial. Yep.
0: Here we go. <laughs> Just laying it all out here. So, um, actually, yes, I was an art director for uh, this really cool, hip, up and coming design studio. And um, we are in a relatively small design community and um in the space that we operate and i had just graduated college and um the design studio that i was working for had just brought on some new owners and uh it, it just was not a good fit you know and so they fired two out of their three staff they fired everybody but the intern and myself included And I found myself out of a job one month after graduating college. (laughs) Um, Even though they had just promoted me to art director, like, I don't know, a few months before. So maybe this was my own embarrassment, but it felt like everyone in the design community knew about it, you know? And so I kind of like went underground for a while and started freelancing um you know in contracting for a couple of big companies somehow by true divine appointments basically just like divine intervention i ended up landing a couple of really large accounts one of the largest universities here in town and then uh the largest local accounting firm here in town and um They were both doing a big rebrand and they both hired me to roll it all out for them. And so they were both massive jobs and they hired me within the span of three days of each other. And it was just a matter of like, right place, right time. I just showed up, did the work and also just a lot of luck. And like I said, divine intervention. (laughs) Even while I was doing that stuff, I kept interviewing for jobs because I was like, eventually the work's gonna run out, you know. But then it never did, and no one ever hired me. And so I just kept doing freelance. And then after like five months, I was like, I had too much work to do on my own. And so I hired my first two employees, actually. Um, and then it's just snowballed from there. And here we are eleven years later in and we have a whole team right and so um yeah that's how we got started it was really honestly like kind of accidental um just like an accidental business i made customers and then um i kept trying to get other jobs <laughs> You know, kept trying to get other people to hire me and no one would. And then finally I realized, yeah, I think maybe I just am not meant to be an employee because um, I'm just like not really, I don't know, cut out to be an employee. I think, you know, just trying to say she doesn't want to be told what to
1: do. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's fair. That's she's yeah, like, I mean, I'm just not meant to be an employee.
0: <laughs> just not, I just don't fit well into... I'm just very much a square pig that doesn't ever fit into anyone else's. Um, God, no matter how I try to end this. Did you say a square pig? Yeah. No matter how Are I try to end to find end a this, metaphor that fits? Yes, okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I was really about to say I'm just a square peg that doesn't fit in, into anyone else's round holes, and I just no I know, that I, know, I, know, that I, know I know I know I know I know I just I didn't know how, where to go from there because I knew as I was saying it that I shouldn't say it.
1: She doesn't fit anyone else's cookie cutter. <laughs> <laughs> you just make up her own at this point.
0: <laughs> yeah, I just don't fit um well in a typical employee role i just realized like i just make my own trails so play to your strengths right so that's what i've
1: done i'm gonna create a create a liz hunt book off of random i know know, you know how good i am at saying those phrases and yeah let's hit two birds one stone i always botch that And all of the other ones.
0: Let's hit two stones with one bird. Two two stones, one
1: bird. Say it confidently. No one will question it.
0: Except for Ryan.
1: Yes. Very literal Ryan. Yes.
0: Which is her boyfriend.
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. He's a scientist, so he questions literally everything I say.
0: It's kind of his job. Well, not everything you say, but it's his job to question things.
1: But, I mean, as far as like entrepreneurship on my end. Um, I yeah. think mine mine always stemmed from like working on a farm. It's always mm. blue-collar work. You get paid for doing the hard stuff and then yeah. eventually translating into playing professional basketball or playing collegiate basketball and then going overseas and constantly being on your own and co- being running your own business, essentially, as a professional athlete and handling mm-hmm. yourself and what direction you go. And, yeah. and I think after retiring and hanging up the sneakers you kind of have like an identity crisis of figuring out what what you want to do and what you're passionate about outside of a ball and Mm. it's kind of just like a whole experience to be like I am more than a basketball player even though that's been kind of the label that I've put on myself for the last Mm. 26 years 27 years and then having to like completely shift like, mm-hmm. it's like identifying yourself as a daughter, a sister, uh, like someone who's passionate about reading, finding all those other identifications for yourself in order to figure out what you want to do besides mm-hmm. play basketball. Mm-hmm. Like for me, a lot of, I didn't necessarily want to completely default to coaching. Cause that's what like everyone does as like yeah. an athlete, right. just like, Oh, I'll coach when I'm done.
0: Yeah.
1: And so like, I didn't go directly back into basketball after. Retiring, I did train and I did do camps, but like, I did take space to work for an agency in town and figure out what I wanted to do. But it turns out like I was slowly dying inside work <laughs> while working there, and so I went back to like training basketball and I'm yeah. doing that stuff until I mm-hmm. figured out what I eventually wanted to do um, mm-hmm. and that I actually enjoyed doing.
0: Yeah, um,
1: I had to figure out what kind of filled my cup and. Actually, let go of the idea that I was an athlete, because I mean, like once you're done, you're like, yeah, you're done. You don't like you need to stop living in the past, because otherwise, you're going to hold on that forever and be like, that was my glory days, and Mm
0: -hmm. to sit there
1: and think about your peak being in the past rather than in the future is Mm -hmm. kind of kind of an issue that a lot of athletes have once they hang up the sneakers.
0: Mm -hmm. That's really interesting. You are not a has been, Chelsea.
1: I know you are not. I'm a I'm a currently being. You
0: are. Also, um, it's funny that you're like, I didn't used to be an athlete, and then we literally just had a conversation five minutes ago about you running a triathlon. So <laughs> Yeah, but there's a difference
1: between being at the peak of <sighs> your peak of like your basketball career and then like being old and busted and (laughs) hurting every single day your back Mm -hmm. hurting and then just being like i'm gonna compete in this race and just like finish the goal is just just to finish finish. (laughs) like at this point it's not i just
0: want to make it across the
1: finish line yeah i'm not gonna get first (laughs) i'm I'm not gonna get second i'm gonna finish (laughs) just want to get there (laughs) yeah so like your whole your whole like goal around that stuff like still like i don't think i being active or that a little bit competitive that mentality doesn't really go away Mm -hmm. because once you reach once you reach the pinnacle of one of your dreams you realize Mm -hmm. you're able to reach your dreams uh, in so many other areas of whatever you choose you just have to choose yeah and that's the main issue that people have like is choosing the next direction Mm -hmm. and and going after it fully and i mean entrepreneurship that can look like so many different things whether it's Mm -hmm. like Working in different different pieces of a business, or it can just be like I don't know. I even now working for DayCloud and being a partner at DayCloud, I I still train kids in basketball. I still Mm -hmm. like like last year, I put on some camps. Still not this year, but like I still find ways to like make money on the side and Mm -hmm. through things that I enjoy and things that fill my cup. I think there's a um special piece of owning something for yourself and creating something for yourself. I think a lot of people lack the action of doing and going after things. And a lot of people just think and they ideate and they're like, what if I did this, but just jumping into the unknown or quitting their job to do something that they're passionate about and having the confidence in doing that. That's kind of like a special, a special place and for not, not everybody. Like you said, some people are meant to do things and some people, are so, yeah, yeah.
0: I do think that kind of brings up like another point that one of the people that I personally admire, um, which is Gary Vaynerchuk. One of the things that he says about marketing and entrepreneurship and like all this stuff is that he says that ideas are shit. it's execution that's the game, and I think that that is one of the truest best pieces of advice I've ever heard for, um, anyone who is thinking about, you know, starting a business, becoming an entrepreneur, any, anything like that. And it's kind of like what you're saying is like, cool. So you have an idea, but it's all about how you execute it. When I'm like giving a talk or something and I bring up this point, one of the examples I like to give is that like, You know, whenever we think about um, a screen type of phone, they always think about an iPhone, right? But iPhone wasn't the first company to come to the table with a phone that was like touchscreen. They weren't. It was Blackberry. And, you know, I think they were the very first ones. I know that um, iPhone wasn't. And before iPhone, there was Blackberry. And... Um, so like Apple wasn't ever the first ones to come to the table with this touchscreen idea of an, of a mobile phone. Right. But what iPhone did or what Apple did, excuse me, what Apple did is they, they were the ones who they didn't have the idea, but they executed it so beautifully. They executed it 10 times, a hundred times. Better than BlackBerry ever did. And that's how they owned the market. Because did you ever have a BlackBerry, Chelsea?
1: Unfortunately, no. I wasn't blessed with that opportunity. I had an LG for those
0: keyboard things. Yes. Yes. So the BlackBerry phones were terrible. They were so awful. There was one time, this was a long time ago, but Andrew and I were, I think it was like our anniversary or something. We were in downtown Kansas city and we were trying to get um, directions to the hotel that we were staying at in downtown Kansas city. And it literally took us two hours because it would like not update fast enough. It wouldn't get us directions quick enough. We couldn't get over the six lanes of traffic fast enough. And it was just an absolute nightmare. And I'm like- You should have
1: MapQuested it. I
0: know.
1: <laughs> I'm just- I a print- know. You should have printed I, out those
0: papers. <laughs> we trusted in these terrible blackberries too much, right? And so it was like, the idea was there, but the execution was not. And so like, it's that same idea. Like you don't have to be the first one to come up with the idea. The idea does not have to be so unique. But what does have to be unique is your execution of it. Like your execution has to be so much better than everybody else's. And I think that's actually where you win the game when it comes to like entrepreneurship and being better than everybody else is like it's not the it's not the idea. It's the execution, like Gary V says. And so that's one of the cool things I think about um, that we've definitely learned, I think, in our creative business, which is like when it comes to um obviously doing way better work, you know, like we do our absolute best to have the best branding, the best marketing, the best copywriting, the best websites, like all those things that we do better than everybody else, right? Like because none of it is is like any different. We're not like, you know, we still use the same tools, but we are actively trying to create better execution of that. But then like what I really try to focus on is not just stopping there. Like I actively try to make sure that we are um, being better at executing customer service and executing on um, communication and executing on client relationships and executing on even prices like not just being cheap, but like being valuable to our clients, you know, and just like every aspect of our business is not just a good idea, but executed so perfectly. I think we do
1: a good job of looking at our processes, identifying any key problems, and then optimizing our processes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kind of like you said, like the execution piece of it. I mean, yeah, it is is finding the bottleneck of like those processes and like making sure that like, Oh, this is kind of an area that like clients have kind of been complaining about. Like, let's figure out how this doesn't happen in the future Mm -hmm. and like having those conversations because a lot of it always comes like a lot of it comes back to communication uh, and dropping the ball on communicating expectations to the client expectations to your internal team. And um, just making sure everybody's on the same page so that like you, if there is an issue that comes up, you can always reflect back on those facts that were mm-hmm. stated at the beginning. You're like, well, we told you yes. at the beginning that like, it was going to take this long, or we told yeah. you at the beginning that these are estimated timelines, <laughs> like yeah. based on how fast you get feedback back to us yeah. or like things like that. So
0: yeah, making sure that that execution is the key to your piece, to your business, and Mm -hmm. not just about the ideas. So, yeah, yeah, I love it. In
1: your mind, Liz, what what defines an entrepreneur?
0: I definitely think they are a different breed of people. I'm
1: going to Google the definition. (laughs) A person who organizes and operates a business or businesses taking on greater than normal financial risks in order to do so. That's what, what...
0: Okay, so
1: came back with.
0: Okay, so it's, you know, here's the thing. Here's what it's not.
1: Here's what it's not. I already told Liz this. It is not um, going on Bumble or Tinder and finding someone in their bio saying they're an entrepreneur. (laughs) <laughs> on their profile. It, you are not an entrepreneur. If you are just unemployed yeah. in general, like that is, it's not a cool thing to say.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I would say, yes, I concur. And I would, I, I would say even more than that, you are not an entrepreneur until you've actually made a customer because, you know, having a business plan does not make you an entrepreneur Having a name and an LLC does not make, make you an entrepreneur. Um, having social media accounts, um, ha- having like followers and things like that does not make you an entrepreneur. The thing that makes you an entrepreneur is having a customer who has given you money for goods or services that you have provided something in return for. There's been a transaction of something they have. Paid you in dollars, and you have provided back to them goods or services. You are an entrepreneur if you have made a customer. Otherwise, I would say you are um, maybe like an idealist. Uh, You have a good idea. You have a you have a dream. You have some maybe some wishful thinking going on, um, but not quite an entrepreneur yet. Keep at it. First, <laughs> <laughs> you got to make a customer.
1: I feel like there's levels to it. I'm like, I, yeah. I feel like there's some ego behind saying you're an entrepreneur. Like, no, I, feel, I don't. I feel, I feel like what? if you're just selling, like knitted have, sweaters out of the back are, of your truck I would not is, call myself an entrepreneur like
0: yes I absolutely would I don't,
1: like if it's like occasional like whoop it's like off like if Chelsea. I if it was like a a hobby like there would be some ego in me to be like I'm not gonna call myself an entrepreneur until I at least make a certain amount off of this
0: no Chelsea you somebody has given you dollars like, and I guess not not even dollars. This is that's like US, saying, like, on US Facebook stuff.
1: Marketplace, I've sold stuff. I'm an entrepreneur.
0: I mean... I'm a reseller. I, who am I, right? I'm just saying, like, like, the drug cartel, they are entrepreneurs. Are they doing it illegally? Yes. But... <laughs> But they are entrepreneurs disclaimer
1: we do not condone illegal activity um, uh, at agency rocket
0: (laughs) as far as as you know so like (laughs) but like you know what i'm saying if you're selling sweaters out of the back of your truck that's called being an entrepreneur sweaters kids that have lemonade stands That is absolutely entrepreneurship. Uh, Yeah, but it's
1: cute at that age. Like, I'm not going to go tell...
0: It's cute for you, too, Chelsea. If I go out out there and sell
1: lemonade.
0: (laughs) This six-foot-two ginger girl, like, selling sweaters out of the back of her truck. I think that's cute, too. Uh, Yeah, could
1: you imagine me standing in the corner just being like, help me be an entrepreneur. Sweaters!
0: Sweaters for sale! Yes, I can.
1: Yes. I don't make sweaters, by the way. So just in case ever, anyone was wondering.
0: Just saying. So We're going to start selling them in our store. I'm just going to say, sweaters, sweaters for sale.
1: <laughs> I'm an entrepreneur. That's what it's going to say.
0: Yeah. So have to make a customer. Then you can officially be an entrepreneur.
1: I feel like for a while there, a lot of people were floating that term around way too loosely.
0: That's why I say what I say. Yeah. Pretty loosey-goosey with that. When they were just unemployed. Yeah. My favorite was when it was like, um, like on The Bachelor or The Bachelorette and the
1: the the title the that they say yes
0: I, what the do they call entrepreneur yes and I in my head I was always like oh they don't have a he, job
1: he's still <laughs> living at his parents' house <laughs> <laughs> and he he all he does I, I, I bet there was like a lawn mower and yes. and he like just mows the lawn on the weekend they're like let's just call him an entrepreneur we yes. do to put that on the TV yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's so good. All right. Well, no, no matter the level of entrepreneurship, whether you're in the ideation stage or you're actually like just starting it up, or if you've been doing it for a while, I mean... I think it's great. Not everybody has the motivation to execute. So kudos to anyone who has the balls to get out there and actually go after something, their dreams, the business the that vajays. they want, the, or the vajays. The <laughs> balls or the huge vajays, as Liz would say, <laughs> the balls to go after what you want and um, step into the unknown. Uh, I think everyone deserves a round of applause for being able to do things that are a little bit risky. For sure. So moral of the story, go after your dreams. Don't call yourself an entrepreneur unless you <laughs> unless you are. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool. If, you like our, if you like our episode, like, share, follow, comment, send us some feedback. Uh, we'd love to answer any questions you might have, or if you have stories of guys who call themselves entrepreneurs, share what their real job was. We would love <laughs> love to bring that up in our next episode. <laughs>
0: Wait, yeah. Chelsea. Before we sign off, what was your very first
1: job? I was in high school I was a veterinary assistant. So I walked the dogs and I picked up their poop. Told you blue collar, dude. Blue collar.
0: No, I love it. My first job, I was twelve, and I worked on an apple orchard. And they would bring in like the bushels of the apples. And I would have to pick up the bushels of apples and I would dump them on a conveyor belt. Oh. And that was my job. I had to make sure that the apples did not get bruised or anything. Oh, very Um, delicate. I actually don't remember if I got paid money for it, but I think I did. But what I remember getting paid for it was that we got to bring home like jugs of the frozen apple cider that they made. That would have been good. And it was so good. Oh, so good. I'm pretty sure that's the only reason my parents let me work there was so that I would bring home the apple cider.
1: Free, free stuff, but not really free.
0: I yeah. lied. My job, my, I
1: remembered my job was actually my dad would wake us up at 1am to Just load hogs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so we would on the school night, we would get paid like $45 an hour to load hogs with him and like get, get a pig zapper. And then you get like a little board to usher the, the hogs out. So, yeah, I mean, we do that till 3am and then go to work the next day or go to school the next day.
0: Okay. There are so many things I, I like so many questions. I
1: don't think we have enough time for them. No,
0: I, we have time because first of all, the fact that you call them hogs immediately tells me that like, just like how farm girl you really, <laughs> really are and like we like, that is how much you re- actually grew up on a farm <laughs> it's <you> call them <laughs> hogs and not like pigs. <laughs> Yeah. Oh god, that's so amazing. As
1: country folks, we're really educated.
0: <laughs> okay, also, forty-five dollars an hour? Like, yeah. your dad paid you that?
1: Usually it's only $15 an hour, but since it was at like 1 a.m., I think he was a little generous.
0: She like did he was it you and your siblings? Yeah. That is insane. That is so much money. I think that's how much. It I was got only paid like three it was only
1: like three hours of work. That is so much. Also, yeah.
0: you had a little shocker? Yeah, like pig
1: shockers where you try to, like, usher them down the aisles.
0: Did you ever do it to, like, your siblings? Yes. Use it on your siblings? <laughs> you did.
1: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I did, but I know my brother used it on my sister, a l- like, before. Oh, my God. I think, we've, I think we've all been shocked at some point. Just just to be like, can I test this out? <laughs> yeah. It's just so natural, what is it? What do you and um, when you're kids? Survival of the fit- fittest.
0: <laughs> you say. gotta weed out,
1: the, weed out the young. That's why you, you <laughs> touched electrical fences and all that stuff. Oh, I did, did do
0: that when I was young. That's true. Yeah. Got a real bad shock. I do remember that. All right. Uh, okay. Well, thanks everyone for watching and listening. Hope you Let's learned see. a little bit or something. Yeah. mostly that Chelsea calls pigs hogs. That's my favorite part it's of It's going to be all show. city
1: folks listening to this.
0: <laughs> oh, God. Right, See you next time. <laughs> Agency Rocket Show. show.